Our scripture passage this evening is Philippians chapter 3, verses 17 through chapter 4, verse 1. Philippians chapter 3, verses 17 through 4, verse 1. Hear now the reading of God's holy, inspired, and infallible word. Join with others in following my example, brothers, and take note of those who live according to the pattern we gave you. For, as I have often told you before and now say again, even with tears, many live as enemies of the cross of Christ. Their destiny is destruction, their God is their stomach, and their glory is in their shame. Their mind is on earthly things, but our citizenship is in heaven. And we eagerly await a Savior from there, the Lord Jesus Christ, who by the power that enables him to bring everything under his control will transform our lowly bodies so that they will be like his glorious body. Therefore, my brothers, you whom I love and long for, my joy and crown, that is how you should stand firm in the Lord, dear friends. We're also going to be looking at Heidelberg Catechism, Lord's Day 22. Heidelberg Catechism, Lord's Day 22. Lord's Day 22 of the Heidelberg Catechism says this, How does the resurrection of the body comfort you? Not only my soul will be taken immediately after this life to Christ its head, but even my very flesh, raised by the power of Christ, will be reunited with my soul and made like Christ's glorious body. Question 58 says, How does the article concerning life everlasting comfort you? The answer is, even as I already now experience in my heart the beginning of eternal joy, so after this life I will have perfect blessedness, such as no eye has seen, no ear has heard, no man has ever imagined, a blessedness in which to praise God eternally. It's the teaching of the Catechism. Will you pray with me? Heavenly Father, we ask that you bless the preaching of your word this evening. May we know the comfort of the resurrection, and may we know the joy of everlasting life. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Uh, some of you may not know this movie series, but there is a movie series. It's about five movies long, and it's called Final Destination. It's a horror movie series. And the funny thing about the horror movie series called The Final Destination, well, I guess I don't know if I would call it funny, is that the premise of these movies is that someone has a premonition of their death, their dying. They see it before it happens. And what they do is then they get out or they escape from the death which, they were about to, which was about to occur to them. But what we find in these movies is that death is impossible to escape. And so they see their death and they escape the death that they were meant to experience. But the rest of the movie, the reason why it's a horror movie, is that death is coming after them. Death is chasing them. And death will find them. 
And often death finds them in these movies in the most strangest ways, like a, a, a weird Rube Goldberg machine of things that happen that cause someone to die that should have died and didn't die. So death catches up to them. Death is impossible to escape. And, and it's a horror movie. So the idea is that you're supposed to be scared. You're supposed to be afraid of the death that's coming for you. The death that you thought you missed, but you just can't get away from. And the reason why I uh, bring that up is because this is not the final destination of the comforted believers of Lord's Day One. Our only comfort in life and in death is that we are not our own, but we belong body and soul to Jesus Christ, our faithful Savior. Uh, death is not a horror movie for those who have Christ. And that's exactly what Heidelberg Catechism, Lord's Day 22, is getting after. It's telling us that we are not to fear death, as this movie, Final Destination, says. Um, and, we, and it tells us that when death comes for us, it's exactly when it's supposed to come for us. But there is something even greater that is beyond death in this life. Uh, and that is the resurrection and eternal life that we will experience. So our theme this evening that I want us to talk about is this. Christ has given us complete or you can even say total salvation. And hopefully we'll understand what that word complete means as we go through the catechism. So the first point we're going to talk about is he takes our souls. The second point, he resurrects Our bodies. And the third point is it gives us what the Catechism calls perfect blessedness. Perfect blessedness. So, Let's talk about that first point. He takes our souls. Philippians chapter 3, the passage that we read, Paul is talking to the church at Philippi. And he tells them, Join with others in following my example, brothers, and take note of those who live according to the pattern we gave you, according to the pattern that we live by. For as often told you before, and now say again, even with tears, many live as enemies the cross of Christ. So he's saying, don't live like those who live as enemies of the cross of Christ. Live like us who are friends of the cross of Christ, right? Their destiny, these enemies of the cross, their destiny is destruction. Their destiny, their God is their stomach. They live for what they can get right now, here, in the here and now. And their glory is their shame. 
So this is the way that people live who are in the world, who don't have the hope of the resurrection, don't have life everlasting. They live in a destiny of destruction. So we could say uh, their final destination is much like that horror movie that I was talking about. Um, death is coming for them. They cannot escape it. And they have no hope for anything following it. The best thing that could happen to them is that they would have a premonition of their death and somehow be able to avoid it or escape it, right? Um, their God is their stomach. They live for material, material things, what they can get here, now. And if you want a real good example of this, people are looking for comfort and security right now with all the things that are going on about us. And they're running to the stores and they're packing as many groceries as they can get and they're, they're buying up as much toilet paper as they could possibly get. And the, thing, the reason why they're doing that is because they're thinking this is the here and now. This is all we've got. We are, we are all, all we have is material and we need the comfort and security that these things provide. That's it, right? And their glory is their shame. The glory that they, they have, the glory that they experience, the glory that they want is, um, is tethered to the sinful, cursed world. Their mind, Paul says, is on earthly things. Things of the earth. That's what their mind is on. And the question we have to ask ourselves is, if, if Paul is saying, follow my example and those who are like me, um, follow the example of those who are not enemies of the cross. The enemies of the cross, this is their destiny. This is their life. What are you called to be like, right? What are you called to do and pursue? And that's why Paul continues, doesn't he? He says, our citizenship. Is in heaven. Our citizenship is in heaven. So the enemies of the cross, they are focused upon earthly things, right? Earthly. And we are called to focus upon heavenly things. Our hope is not limited to the things that we experience in the here and now. It's beyond that. It's greater than that. And it's important that we keep that in mind in these times. It's important that we remember these things because we have a lot of people who are very scared. Because all that they know is what they see. And they don't know and they don't have the hope that although the world may be broken right now, there's going to be a transformation. There's going to be a new heavens and a new earth. And we're citizens of that heaven. We are not simply earthly beings. We're heavenly beings. And our citizenship is in heaven. It's a great comfort because it tells us that whatever may come in this life, our final destination, our destination is 
in heaven. And that's why question and answer 37 says, how does the resurrection of the body come for you? The first part states, not only my soul will be, will be taken immediately after this life, Christ has said. So that, that is to say that if the resurrection of the living and the dead does not come in the time that we live here now, where we're changed in the twinkle of an eye, we're promised that if we die, our souls will be taken to heaven. That we are citizens of heaven. That is our rightful land. Our rightful home. We're not ultimately citizens of America. We're not ultimately citizens of this world. We're citizens of the world to come. And we're promised here in the Heidelberg Catechism that upon our death, Part of Christ's complete salvation is that he will take our souls to be with him. He will take our souls to be with him. Is that he will resurrect our bodies. The second part of question and answer 57 says, But even my very flesh, raised by the power of Christ, will be reunited with my soul and made like Christ's glorious body. Made like Christ's glorious body. So even my very flesh. And this is important to notice too. It says reunited. To our souls. So upon our death in this life, barring Christ's return, our soul will leave our bodies and go to be with the Lord in heaven, to be in his presence. And we have scriptural uh, things that point to this, like the saints who are under the throne of God and revelation, who are crying out, how long, O Lord, right? But we are embodied people if we have just souls then we're not all that we are called to be we're not complete we are soul and body and that's what the heidelberg catechism is talking about it when it says uh, my only comfort in life and death is that i'm not my own but i belong body and soul to jesus christ and that is to say that although there is comfort in knowing that our souls will be taken to heaven to be in the presence of christ our lord uh, there's an even greater comfort in knowing that one day Christ is going to come again and our bodies will be resurrected and reunited to our souls so that we will be perfect and complete. Christ has given us complete salvation, body and soul. Paul in Philippians continues. He says our citizenship is in heaven. And we eagerly await a Savior from there. Our Lord is in heaven. The Lord Jesus Christ is in heaven now. But he's coming again. 
So if he's in heaven and we die, our souls go to be with him. But we're promised that Jesus Christ, who by the power that enables him to bring everything under his control, will transform our lowly bodies, our earthly bodies, so that we will be like his glorious body. Without sin. His glorious body is without sin. Without illness or viruses or COVID-19 or the flu. Without any of those things, our promise is that one day when Christ comes again, our body and soul will be reunited and we will have glorious bodies like his glorious body that are eternal. Unhindered by the curse, unhindered by the brokenness of this creation, unhindered by germs and disease and bacteria. That is the future that awaits us. That is our final destination. Because we're citizens of heaven. Christ has given us complete salvation. He takes our souls, He resurrects. Our bodies, but he also gives us perfect blessedness. How does the article concerning life everlasting comfort you? Life everlasting. When we say those words in the Apostles' Creed, I believe in the resurrection of the body and the life everlasting. How does that comfort? Comfort is what we're looking for. It's what we need. When this catechism was written hundreds of years ago, it's what they needed. And it's what we need still today. How does the article concerning life everlasting comfort you? Even as I already now experience in my heart the beginning of eternal joy. So it's already begun, right? Our eternal life, our life everlasting has started. You have eternal life, present tense. You have it now. You need to know that. You need to realize that. You need to experience that. You have eternal life now. Experience in my heart the beginning of eternal joy. That's what it means when Paul says in Philippians that we are citizens of heaven. If we did not know even now the beginnings of that eternal joy that is to come for us, we wouldn't be looking for a city that God has built that's waiting for us. We wouldn't be saying that we're citizens of heaven, that we're waiting for a greater country, a greater place. We would be having our eyes focused upon here, thinking this is all we have, this is all we, we're going to get. But we know that there's more to come. We know that there is, and that is a comfort to us. Christ takes our souls, he resurrects our bodies, and he gives us perfect blessedness. 
even as I already now experience in my heart the beginning of eternal joy. So after this life, I will have perfect blessedness, such as no eye has seen, no ear has heard, no man has ever imagined, a blessedness in which to praise God eternally. See, that's what this is about. I know so many of you are thinking that one of the worst things that has come from this virus, COVID-19, is that it's hindered the worship, the gathering of God's people on the Lord's Day. I know for me that's something that is heavy on my heart. Uh, I would much rather you all be here in the church right now than for me to be looking through a live stream camera. And we realize that although we're doing our best to love our neighbor by uh, stifling the spread of this disease, although we're doing our best to, to do what's good for each other and for us, we we. We long, we long to gather with God's people in worship. And we're being hindered from that because this world is broken. There's a curse upon it. And diseases like this happen, even though we know that God is sovereign in this time and providentially over even COVID-19, we since the the longing even more so now because we want to gather um, but are choosing not to for that eternal praise that we long to have that the Heidelberg Catechism talks about here a blessedness this perfect blessedness is a blessedness in which to praise God eternally. What we experience on the Lord's Day here, as we gather with God's people, as we hear each other's voices, as we lift up prayers, as we gather around the table and and participate in the Lord's Supper, as we see baptisms, these, as we hear the preaching of God's Word, these are only a foretaste, only a beginning. These are only a little taste of what is to come and the perfect blessedness that we will receive in which we may praise God eternally. So Christ, upon our death, takes our souls to be with Him. Christ On the day he comes again to judge the living and the dead, we'll resurrect our bodies and reunite our souls to our resurrected glorious bodies. And on that day, we will be given a perfect blessedness of life everlasting, of which no eye has seen, no ear has heard, no man has ever imagined a blessedness in which to praise God eternally. Paul says, therefore, my brothers, you whom I love and long for, my joy and crown, that 
is how you should stand firm in the Lord, dear friends. We, as the people of God, in these trying times, so much anxiety and uncertainty, need to be people who are grounded because we are looking beyond our circumstances to the hope and the glory that is to come for those who are bought by Christ, who belong to him, body and soul. We should not be like the people in those horror movies, Final Destination, who are running scared because death is coming for us. And we can't escape it. We are called to be the people who know that our death in this life, whenever that may come, whenever God has it for us, is a death that brings our souls into the presence of the Lord. And it's a death that has lost its sting because on the day of the Lord's return, our bodies will be resurrected, reunited with our souls, and we will have perfect blessedness for all eternity. Our final destination is citizenship in the new heavens and the new earth where there is no COVID-19, where the people of God are not kept from gathering to worship because of sickness and illness, where we will have perfect blessedness and reunited together with all the saints throughout all the ages. We will praise God for all that he has done in our lives for his glory. Christ has given us complete salvation. That's our hope. And may you cling to that hope in these days and the days moving forward. May you know the complete salvation that you have in Jesus Christ. Amen. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you. We thank you for the hope that you have given us in Jesus Christ. A complete salvation that not only is the salvation of our souls, but also of our bodies. We thank you for the promise of eternal life, a perfect blessedness in which to worship and praise you. That we await for, that we long for, that we hope for. We ask, Lord that you would be with each and every one of us in these days ahead. Give us your peace. Grant us to know how deep and how wide and how unfathomable is the love that you have for us in Jesus Christ, our Lord. Help us to be lovers of our neighbors. Help us to be there for those who need assistance and help in whatever way we can be. Help us to be those who are not stricken with anxiety and worry because we have a hope that is beyond this world, a hope of a new heavens and a new earth that anchors us in the midst of such uncertainty. Help us to be salt and light in the days ahead. 
We ask all these things. Pray that you would answer them for the sake of your son, Jesus Christ. Amen.